Hey guys, uh, Billy here on the ones and twos, or something cool that DJs or drummers say. Someone says that, ones and twos. I gotta figure out what that means. This interview was a ton of fun. We did it in the studio, in person. Tim was nice enough to come by. Uh, I want to warn you that he is incredibly charming, and his voice is significantly more pleasant than mine is, and you're going to wish that he was the host of the show moving forward, but it's still going to be me next week. Uh, I need to just throw that out in advance, set your expectations for next week. He's a New Zealander, so he has this killer accent and this general laid-back effortlessness. God, he was cool. He's really cool. Um, Anyways, thank you so much for listening rate and subscribe in whatever app you're listening on. Um, And we recorded it a couple weeks ago, so the mystery release that we briefly discussed is no longer a mystery. It's the new sneaker made from tree pulp, which is uh, pretty awesome. Anyways, please enjoy this episode with Tim Brown from Allbirds. It had been several years of trying, experimenting, learning, making shoes it turns out is incredibly difficult. We made every mistake in the book. There'd probably be 200, 300 pairs of shoes, you know, that we tried before we landed on this. Welcome, everybody, to the Making the Brand podcast. My name is Billy Draper. I'm a venture capitalist at Draper Associates. But on this show, we're going to be talking about brands. We'll talk to founders and leaders of growing consumer companies that are finding ways to stand out, differentiate, and delight their customers. On today's show, we talk to Tim Brown, founder and CEO of Allbirds. Tim teaches us how it began as an experimental Kickstarter campaign turned into a rapidly growing footwear business. So today on the show, we have a very special in-studio guest, uh, Tim Brown, founder and CEO of Allbirds Shoes. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. So to start off, what is Allbirds? Allbirds, um, Allbirds is, a, is, is a lot of things. At the moment, it's, uh, it's selling shoes made of wool, focused on the idea of comfort. But I think the idea that underpins it is much larger. The reason why we've started the business is much larger. My f- co-founder Joey and I, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't grow up on a sheep farm in New Zealand. Uh, this isn't about wool as much as wool is a part of our story now. And I didn't grow up, and I know I speak for Joey too, uh, with a thousand pairs of uh, shoes in my cupboard, dreaming of starting a footwear brand. Uh, I think the idea is 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 built on 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 the sense that there is a. There's a revolution happening in sustainable manufacturing, and uh, we hope to, to, to be a leader in that uh, over time. So so you mentioned you didn't have a childhood dream of starting a shoe business. How did you end up starting a shoe business? It's a, it's a good question. I, it really started off as a curiosity project uh, and, and really underpinned, at least initially, by a design insight. In a previous life, I had a professional uh, sporting career. I had about a decade kicking a soccer ball around for a living played in the professional league in Australia. And uh, I was sponsored by, uh, by Nike, actually, as it turned out. And um, it was a key driver of my professional sporting career was getting free gear. And uh, I had to wear it all the time. And, and it was certainly in, in Australia and New Zealand very hard to find simple shoes that didn't have logos. Um, and the case study or the closest case study I could find was Chuck Taylor's, Converse Chuck Taylor's. And I sort of thought, 
look, this thing was made in the 1930s. It hasn't really changed. I, I, based on no real sense or, 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 or basis, I believe that I could do something better, purely from an aesthetic design point of view. And I set out to do that while I was still playing soccer. Did you set out to do that while you were still signed by Nike? I did, yeah. Oh, wow. Who incidentally own Converse, which is complicated and tricky. Uh, as a, but it, it was one of those things I just, look, I, I, I made a few pairs of shoes, visited my first shoe factory, and uh, you know, sold them to my teammates who told told them that told me that I was rubbish. They were rubbish, and <laughs> that's I, like good teammates. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I, I visited my first footwear factory, and that was kind of the the beginning of sort of insight number two, which was the way shoes are made. It hasn't really changed for a hundred years. It's incredibly incredibly antiquated. It's this enormous industry that's relying on this low cost, low wage labor, and the materials they use. You know the materials predominantly used are cheap synthetics and nasty leathers, and that there was an opportunity to sort of rethink that, and that was kind of the second insight I had on a really simple base level. And how and why did you find your co-founder Joey? Our wives are best friends. They went to college together, and he comes into the picture not long after, uh, uh, you know, uh, having the thought that wool could make uh, the same aesthetic but make it more comfortable and make it more sustainably. And uh, I, I launched uh, the business uh, in early 2014 initially on Kickstarter. And I'd come out of business school uh, and I'd had a professor who, um, you know, you have these moments and I'm sure it's the same in any sort of founding story. One little moment where someone actually just gives you the nudge to kind of go throw this idea that you have out into the world. And this guy's name was it was Carter Cast. He's a professor at, uh, at Kellogg at Northwestern. And... He said, he said to me at the end of business school, he goes, look, I took a class with him. He goes, look, this is a bad category. It's a crowded category. I think this is a dumb idea. But for whatever reason, you know, um, you've got this itch that you need to scratch and you should throw it out and, and sort of just fail and get it out of your system. And I did it on Kickstarter in March of 2014. And in four days, this thing uh, sold $120,000 worth of these shoes. I had 1,000 to sell. I sold them all in four days. And I remember going, oh, my gosh, here we go. We've got to go again. And uh, Joey, uh, my now co-founder, was one of the first customers of that Kickstarter. Um, my wife had, uh, had been supporting the idea. She'd emailed it all out to her friends. Joey had bought the shoes. And just, you know, we'd been friends. We'd seen each other at weddings. We'd hung out. He'd given me advice, never, the, never with the idea that we would do this together, but somewhere, you know, about six months to a year later, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd delivered on this Kickstarter. I was at this just this... I hadn't raised any money at this point. I was all self-funding, kind of lost in the woods as to as to what this business was, and and we decided to partner, and it became the third pillar or the third insight, and that was you know Joey's a you know he's a, he'd been working in biotech, he's a you know Wharton guy, had committed and decided that he was going to commit his career to renewable materials, and he tried to do it on the, on the business side. Uh, selling into large corporates, and he you know it hadn't worked out, and so the idea of doing this on the consumer on the product side. Uh, was a big opportunity for him, and the 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 idea of building a a, a brand rooted in sustainability was born, and and Allbirds um, launched. And um, you, so you mentioned briefly that you had a professional soccer career. Were you any good? I, you know, to be honest with you, I I wasn't particularly good. I tried very hard. I ran around and just kind of kicked people. It wasn't particularly pretty. 
But uh, I don't believe that. I read that you were on the under twenty three national team, the under twenty national team. You had about a ten year career playing professional soccer. I think you were the captain of some of your teams. I got to go to the World Cup in two thousand and ten with New Zealand and South Africa, which was the coolest part of it, and uh, with a very very special New Zealand team. And we went for the second time in uh, New Zealand's history. They'd been in nineteen eighty two, and then we qualified in two thousand and ten. And how many people show up to that game? Uh, a lot. We, we beat uh, Bahrain, actually, to qualify in my hometown in 2009, and uh, that was a cool one. And so, yeah, I, I had a lot of luck, but I'm not, I'm not beating around the bush. It was, it was fine. I, had, uh, I, had, um, I tried hard, and that, uh, that, t- that took me a long way, and I had a really good journey. Sometimes that translates, and probably translates to entrepreneurship as well. More than you'd think. Yeah, I uh, I sort of thought, um, you know, I finished this this sporting career, and I thought I was going to live live out the rest of my life just in sort of blissful happiness. You know, after the pressures of sort of uh, of tr- of trying to perform in front of lots of people and 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 uh, and and play professional sport, and then you realize entrepreneurship is 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 kind of full of, uh, in some ways or in many ways, even more and bigger, larger pressures and. Uh, the similarities and, and the challenges are, are eerily similar. And how did you think of the name Allbirds? Were you just uh, worried about excluding some of the birds? You know, <laughs> you know, it's uh, we did, well. First of all, I liked it because it doesn't make any sense. When people first came to New Zealand, there was nothing there but birds. There was no mammals, and so it's a little nod to to the genesis of this idea, to the provenance of the fibre that uh, you know in wool that. Um, that we built our first product out of, and, and people know there's lots of sheep in New Zealand, and it and it uh, it, it it kind of uh, uh, appealed to uh, my uh, flight of the Concords esque sense of humour that it makes uh, that it, it doesn't correlate at all with with it, with what we're selling. That's one of the great shows of all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and how did you mention Kickstarter? So ha- talk about funding the business early on. So you went to Kickstarter first, and then how did that sort of progress into, you know, the the relatively giant business that you run today yeah so it, it it was a proof of concept it was a way to test it was perfect it's not right for everyone i um at, at that particular moment in the in the in the in the arc of of what is now Allbirds, it was perfect it was an opportunity to sort of throw this thing out into the world and get a sense you know whether it was it was going to be my mum that bought a pair or, or anyone else uh and and it, and it worked and and from the, from that moment i something deep down inside of me and again, any any sort of entrepreneur or, or business builder will probably have that moment when someone that you don't know, who's got no vested interest in in in, in what you're doing, uh, takes out their wallet and gives you some money for your product or service, and then someone else does it, and someone else does it, and and with that comes the weight of expectation and pressure, and opens up uh, a whole new set of challenges. But it's a moment, and I think that was a it was a proof of concept, and you call it product market fit, call it what you want. I knew deep down. I think at that point um, there was something there, and it was it was it was the, the little nudge again to to really go after this. And you know that that year was bootstrapped. Uh, it was self funded uh, on the back of my savings and some money from Kickstarter. And uh, and then Joey and I kind of got together and we sort of said, Hey, is this? Are we selling shoes here? Are we selling wool here? Well, you know why? The deep down in that sort of like right in your core, when this thing gets hard. Um, what does this mean? Over and above the transaction, what does this mean? And we, in a very short space of time, were able to connect on this uh, on a much, much deeper idea and a much, much deeper mission, and we decided to go for it. And we uh, we set out to raise some money. Uh, so this is June of 2015. And uh, 
We ended up doing that, raised a, a couple of million dollars in, in seed uh, financing, led by Lera Hippau, mm-hmm. Ben Lera, who took a, a big gamble on us, a big gamble on the direct-to-consumer uh, movement in footwear specifically. And I think he uh, he liked the idea that, that we had some cuts and scratches and we'd actually gone out and made a product already and, and uh, we knew kind of, I think, where we were going. And, uh, you know, we launched uh, All Birds, uh, rebuilt the brand from the ground up, which I had not done a good job of through the Kickstarter, and launched uh, the product again with a new generation of fabric, the, you know, found the best factor in the world to be making the shoes, did everything that, you know, I, I, I tried to do in the beginning and hadn't been able to for resources or experience. And uh, on, on the 1st of March 2016, we launched All Birds. And, and beyond the Kickstarter campaign, where did you have success finding your early customers? You know, there was, there was certainly an inbuilt demand from that Kickstarter process that, and, you know, a, a, a mailing list of, of, of several thousand people that had uh, supported the Kickstarter campaign and then wanted to, to get hold of the shoes after I shut it down after four days. So, so that was a good start. Um, and then, you know, we obviously leveraged our, our, uh, our family and, 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 and friends significantly. Um, and, you know, an investor network. I mean, I think there was 20-odd investors that had, you know, been part of the seed round who, you know, just became sort of fans, I think. And we did a I, – I, I'd like to think at least a, a good job of really engaging these guys and their various communities to be sort of uh, evangelists for the, for, the, for the product. But, look, at the end of the day, you can do all the work you want. You've got to create a product or a service that connects with people on some level. And – I, you know, that had been hard fought. It had been several years of trying, experimenting, learning, making shoes it turns out is incredibly difficult. We made every mistake in the book. There'd probably be 200, 300 pairs of shoes, you know, that we tried before we landed on this classic silhouette and the idea and the idea of comfort and the materials and, I mean, and on and on and on and on. So at the end of the day, I think we, 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 we launched the product on the 1st of March, you know, 20, 2016 that, people understood and and talk a bit more about your customer relationship so do do the customers have any influence or input on on color decisions or product offerings or or how you handle certain situations yeah you know it's, it's interesting the direct-to-consumer sort of uh you know story has, has become it's a popular one at the moment it's it's the sense that uh there's legacy categories tied to wholesale uh business models that that move slow. That um, obviously there's a margin element to that as well, but fundamentally, I think the biggest reason or rationale or driver of that business model for us um, is the relationship with the with, with the customer. Particularly when when you consider that we we offer or it's it's now two products, but initially we 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 launch one shoe. So the common wisdom in footwear is that you launch a range. It changes all the time. You update it seasonally. The idea of, of launching a singular product that uh, we put all our chips on the table and said this is a singular solution. It's designed to to live online. The whole entire experience is in support of the business model, and at the center of this whole experience is the customer. And we're going to deliver the service. We're going to lean into making it a great customer experience. But more than anything else, we're going to listen, and we're going to point the whole business to listen, and. You know, one of the things I think I'm most proud of is that we've changed that product something like 27 times just based on customer feedback. From the very first week of launching it, we realized that there could be better ways to do it. Um, and that's in terms of, you know, the aesthetic, 
uh, minor tweaks that you wouldn't you wouldn't know the tongue slightly rotating or twisting or its material updates we found a more sustainable execution for a component or a, a more durable or a better way of doing something or in the case of the laces finally uh, unlock the ability to use post-consumer uh, nylon in, in the laces so all these little things ladder up to this idea that the the product isn't a fixed point it's constantly evolving and you know every every week uh, we get a report on themes trends uh, you know, from colors to fit to comfort to sizing to everything um, that uh, we could be doing better, and all the other all the other problems that potentially the brand has permission to solve. So, I, I think I think of the the customer relationship as as Allbirds's competitive advantage. And how do you track, or do you track? Do you have a metric for customer success? Yeah, MPS is on a big screen in our office, and. Uh, every, you know the, the team is encouraged to spend time on customer service. Uh, we have our first retail store is actually below our offices, and uh, you know both Joey and I spend time in there on a, on a regular basis, so that uh, you know when you get caught in in, in the in the lofty uh, thirty thousand feet, the lofty uh, ideas of strategy and expansion and growth of your business, that you don't lose sight of what the what the fundamental sort of thing that you're doing is. Uh, and that you need to to never lose sight of doing that really, 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 really well. And your brand is so counter to everything you learn about branding. There's no big logos. There's no light up shoes or spinning rims on the shoes. Um, how do you think about your brand, and and what what drove you to go so you know the exact opposite direction of what you would probably learn? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I, the product is so austere, and and it was it really you know that initial thought that look. Uh, there's this shift going on in, in fashion. The you know, uh, athleisure is the, is the label. I think it's something much much larger than that. It's the sort of this shift in the way that we work and play towards a more informal way of kind of looking and and living. And it, it, it had hit a peril. It hadn't hit footwear. And so there was this opportunity for this clean, simple aesthetic. And you know that that hasn't really sort of changed and the idea of offering a singular shoe and focusing on you know if you're going to make one sneaker what would it look like uh is incredibly disciplined and then the the brand itself i think from the beginning we wanted to 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 juxtapose that earnest approach to materials and product design with a sense of fun and the idea that uh we were pursuing um something in a very serious fashion but we weren't taking ourselves too seriously and when you think about the footwear category writ large, it's 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 about um, you know performance, it's about logos, it's about bright colors, it's about um, made-up names for materials, it's about um, you know this whole thing. And we thought there was a real opportunity, a real brand white space to have a sense of humor and to 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 have a, a sense of whimsy and you know uh, call it the the flight of the Concords uh, sort of silliness. In pursuit of in pursuit of the the, the product uh, that we wanted, uh, you know the the sort of service experience we wanted to deliver, and it's, you know, I'm I'm really proud of how it's kind of worked out. And what about the unboxing? You guys have a very unique, unconventional box experience. How did you decide on that? It's just an example of, of just caring about the details. You know, uh, the shoe box traditionally in uh, is is one box and it goes inside another box, and you it's and it's the afterthought. Like, what if you actually turned you know, you loved your product so much, you'd thought you cared about your product so much. What if you turn that into a real moment? Um, and you know, we tried to think about it deeply, and it's just one example of, of all the little touch points that you, you consider through the journey from start to finish. That 
Um, doesn't have to be expensive, but shows that you, that shows you care. I think. And do you have any plans to get into sort of the conventional athleisure, uh, athletics space? Um, you know, you right now you have a, a beautiful runner and a beautiful slipper. Um, what, what's next? And and have you ever thought about getting into this? You know more athletically geared equipment and shoes, um, sponsoring athletes, sort of that sort of track. Yeah, so from the beginning, we've, we've thought of Allbirds uh, as a sus- sustainable material innovator. That's at the core of what this business is about, and it's agnostic of, 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 you know, of category or, or, or material. The idea is that um, there's all these different uh, uh, material innovations around uh, that potentially – uh, could be utilized in, 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 in better ways to make better products. And certainly within footwear, uh, we, we felt that it was a lazy category that the, the um, fashion industry broadly, but more you know, specifically footwear, was paying lip service to the idea of sustainability. And there was an opportunity to kind of take these materials, not invent them, but take them and to create better products. And uh, you know, so I, I think that that, um, that will never change. Um, where we go, I think, is something I'm, you know, we're pretty excited about. Um, we've got, uh, you know, some big moments coming up in the next, in the next few months, um, which, which I think are exciting. And, you know, I, 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 th- I think it, it will be, um, you know, whatever we do, it will be incredibly deliberate and and something that, uh, you know, that we've thought through deeply, and, and that's probably all I'll say at the moment. If you want to break any no, any news on the podcast, just feel free. So if later <laughs> yeah. on in the podcast you decide, you know, I'm gonna te- I'm gonna break that to Billy first, just feel free. Yeah, you know, I just watch this space. There's um, some good stuff coming. I understand. Uh, so I want to hear about the first time you ever saw all birds not on a family member, not on an employee. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I I can't think of the specific moment, except to know that. I felt it because, you know, it's funny. All of a sudden, you, 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 you get, it's like little steps you go on this journey. It's like you never think you're going to get – you just want to – it's like you're climbing this big mountain and you go around one corner and you see the next corner. You go, oh, I'll go, I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. And I remember that being, you know, that feeling of realizing, hey, you've got this you've, – you've, you've signed this contract with someone you don't know. Uh, and you now have to, you have to deliver on this. And, and I think in my case, particularly unique because it's through the – through the, the Kickstarter, at least initially, this idea that you've you've made a promise and you're going to then deliver on it, and it was several months until you can, and there's all sorts of pressure a, a, attached with that. But you know, I, I just think that it's 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 not advice, but certainly I was pushed by by people close to me to get to that moment as quickly as possible because that's when you learn. And some of those initial the initial product is was so far away from where we are now. But unless you unless you take that first step, you don't get there. All the, all those sort of cliches are true, but um, the sooner you can do that, the sooner you'll go through the painful process of learning, and and uh, that's what that Kickstarter moment was for 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 me and us in the Allbirds journey. And when did you feel like this could you know be this could really work? Like I could, this is something that I could grow with and dedicate my life to, and this is working. Uh, well, the short answer to that is I don't. And we're not there, and this, and I sit here with you know with a hundred things that that uh, we could be doing better. Uh, that being said, I, I do know that you know that Joey and I, uh, my co-founder Joey, when we decided to, we sat down and we said, "What is this?" And we, we realized it was an enormous market. I think we we had um, a belief in our product, 
and then we had this sense that and uh, you know uh, that this was a story or a journey that was was worth undertaking because we had the potential to lead or be part of this sort of revolution that we felt was coming in in the sustainable uh, you know execution of product and we thought look no one else is really doing this well there's a few examples but not many we could be a part of this conversation and that's something you'd want to tell your grandkids about and quite honestly I haven't looked back from that moment and it's not to say they got any easier it's just a sense that connected with something more uh, that there was a, there was a, there was a purpose to this and we haven't looked back and um, so it's kind of two answers to that question I'd say and with any growing business you have to deal with with uh, or with any success I should say you should you have to deal with co- competitors in your case you know coincidentally Adidas and Nike and all the big players have have come out with some sort of uh, wool offering or merino wool offering that looks an awful lot like Allbirds. How do you deal with competition? Not only on the incumbent side, but also I'm sure there are other startups popping up that sort of have, have been trying to ride your coattails. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that the count is at something like 15 now of, of people that have oh really, God. really gone after us. Um, and, you know, of, of course, again, it's, suggest, it's suggestive of the fact that we're on the right track. Um, and you know some of the some of the the copycats, and it's been publicised. You know, in, in one particular case of of a real egregious copycat by a billion dollar uh, kind of uh, company that really sort of went after us in, in not a very nice way, and we fought back on that. Um, so you know, there's 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 parts of parts of that that are, you know are, are just wrong. And then the other you know the other thing is, look, you got to keep moving as a business, and we've known that from the beginning, and. You know, I, I think what's so exciting about this year is is all the different, you know, things that we have been working on that, uh, you know, that that if, if we were all reliant on, on staying in one place, I'd be worried. But this, this, bus- this business is, is from the very beginning had a, a much larger vision and we've got a whole bunch of things in the, in the works here. Uh, it feels like what's so exciting, we're a team of now kind of nearly 90 people uh, in San Francisco, just in Jackson Square, our offices are there, we're just getting going. So I think, um, look, it's that's just the game you're playing. Yeah, it's probably flattering, even. Yeah, of course, of course it is. Uh, when when people are, I think when they rip it, it's one thing to rip off your your look. Um, it's another to miss the complete essence of what you're doing from a material point of view, and uh, that's probably the bit that that that's frustrating. Um, but look, I mean, I, I think pe- people will see through that and. It's not something I'm, I'm losing uh, losing um, sleep over. And I read somewhere that the price of merino wool in New Zealand has doubled over the last four years, pretty much the four years you've been in business, probably no small part because of you, because of your business and all of the, it's It's just a great material. It's a very soft fiber. Um, has that had a negative impact on your business or are you excited about sort of growing that economy? You know, it's for the longest time uh, New Zealand has been synonymous with sheep. I think the sheep population peaked in the early 1980s and it was something like 70 million. It's now less than 30. And no one in New Zealand, certainly in uh, of my anyone that I knew, was growing up dreaming of being a sheep farmer. Uh, the rise of synthetics uh, caught the wool industry completely flat-footed and they did a very poor job of marketing themselves. I don't think that they realized that the uh, the, the temperature, temperature regulating, moisture wicking, renewable nature of this, this sort of miracle fiber that they had was incredibly marketable 
and I think all of a sudden the pendulum swung back to uh, you know to in in their favor and I think that that, that the, the wool industry is doing a better job of telling this story I think the consumer is now starting to ask questions about the provenance of the things that they wear they're starting to care about where things come from they're, they're starting to to, to question the supply chain and to ask and be more thoughtful about the types of things they wear and the products that they use. And all of that momentum is, 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 is going back towards wool and, and other natural fibers and it's having a moment and it's so great to see. And I, th- I think specifically for us, I'm, I'm proud to say that you know, we would, we, we've, we've helped create, I think, a, a category in, in, in this fiber and, and in shoes in a way that many, many people told me in the early days couldn't be done. But we're not the reason that the the wool price is is, is rising, uh, and is is that tough? Sure, but the the larger the the larger trend is 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 so positive that it's a small um, er, you know uh, small negative and an otherwise great moment to be a part of this a part of this fiber story. And what are the challenges that do keep you up at night? You mentioned you know you you try not to worry too much about competition. Um, what are the things you're thinking about right now? It, well, you tell me anyone that, who's started a business and running a business who's not uh, worried about a whole bunch of things, then I would be, I would like to meet that person because there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, the short answer is there's a hundred things. And if, if you ever rest, if you ever think you've kind of made it, certainly I take that from my sporting, um, my sporting background. If you ever, you never get complacent, you'll go and lose 4-0 on the weekend. And so, you know, we've got a long, long way to go. So many more things to achieve and, um, so many things right now that even we could be doing better. Um, that being said, I, I think the biggest thing that you worry about uh, is the people that join your team and the group of people that we have in San Francisco. And the and the I know Joey and I feel like the the sort of the risk uh, they've taken, the chance they've taken, and the, and the trust they put in us and the idea of all birds uh, with you know with their careers. Um, people have moved um, in some cases from cities, sometimes from other countries. They've uh, forsaken other opportunities, other chances because they believe in what we're trying to do. And um, I, you know, I think we just have an enormous amount of respect for that, and and uh, and try and make sure that if, if you get that team really humming in the way that that, that we do at the moment, and, and have this diverse group of really smart people, then you're half a chance. And um, yeah, so that that would be top of my list. And you mentioned you have 90 employees now. What are they all doing? Are they mostly on the customer success side? Are they mostly on the product and design or the supply chain? What's the sort of breakdown? All, all of the above. So, I mean, there's, we've got two retail stores now. So San Francisco and New York, which is a big chunk of that. Uh, customer service, obviously. Um, and then all, all the, 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 the sort of production supply chain operations side of the business, technology as well. We're running obviously our own, uh, you know, website, um, and then brand all the way through to product. So we're kind of, we're we're not only uh, making the product, we're also uh, marketing and selling it, and then also fulfilling on those orders. So it's all of the things that you can imagine. And you know, what's interesting is that there's a group of people there, uh, recovering investment bankers, consultants. Uh, we've got people from just about every industry and category and, and all sorts of walks of life. Um, and with very little footwear experience. And so I think it's allowed us to kind of tackle, um, you know, uh, this new category, this very old-fashioned category uh, with the power of naivety and do things differently and break rules. And, and uh, you know, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's been really helpful for us. 
And what are you and Joey doing day to day? How do you divide responsibilities and, and what are you guys thinking about? We, so we run the business as co-CEOs. So I, I, take, uh, I take care of um, product and um, brand and marketing. And he does tech, technology operations and finance. And then we meet in the middle over people, over human resources, and make that a sort of a shared uh, direct report. And it's worked really, really well for us. I mean, you know, um, learn from him every day. We have this sort of healthy tension of kind of uh, these two things sort of meeting. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, he's doing the part of the business that I probably shouldn't be touching and, and vice versa. Yet uh, we're in the weeds on on each other's respective sort of uh, territories and debating, discussing, creating a culture, I think, where uh, no one person gets, gets to choose, but the best idea does. And... You know, uh, that'll be challenged as we scale, but I think has been a really, really important part of how we built the culture at Allbirds. And what is a piece of advice that you wish you could give yourself from four years ago when you were getting started? Oh, gosh. Uh, just keep on going. I, it's amazing. It's This idea was a bad idea until it was a good one. And uh, for the longest time, uh, people I'd tell people I was working on wool shoes and they'd pat me on the head and uh, and I remember I'd shrink. I could feel my body language sort of like shrinking, and I just was like, "What am I doing?" And I remember my dad, uh, my old man, would make fun of me and call me a cobbler. And I wish I'd been able to connect on the idea of why I was doing this sooner. And it took meeting Joey to do that, and the whole thing has worked out in a really positive way. But I think the sooner you you get to that core sense of 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 why you are doing this, and that's not easy. Uh, then you'll run through brick walls and you do it with a smile on your face. And if the whole thing doesn't work, it won't be for nothing. And so I think the sooner you can get there, um, the better. It's certainly for me. And, um, and it's a lot more fun when you do. And is there anything you want to shamelessly plug? Obviously, anyone listening <laughs> should go to allbirds.com, buy a pair of shoes, uh, follow all, at allbirds on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and then... You know, you were about to announce whatever the next product offering <laughs> is. So we, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. March fifteenth. Watch the space. Uh, we've got we've got some exciting news coming. Uh, look, I mean, we've just the, it's been it's blown us away how 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 well this has gone and how widely we've been adopted. All ages, all states. Um, you know, in America, it's been popular in San Francisco and in New York, but. Um, you know, I, I just uh, I, I think we're really humbled by the, by the um, by the the support that we've had from people and and anyone who's listening who's worn a pair of Allbirds. Thank you very much. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hugely appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, and congratulations on all the continued success. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, more to come next Tuesday, hopefully bringing some small bit of delight to a day that doesn't really get that much love in general, but especially not in the podcast universe. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed making these and would love your feedback any way you want to send it. Thank you so much again.